Thanks for downloading Making Waves from the University of Portsmouth. I'm Trudy Monk, and in my day job, I champion and support the incredible alumni of our university. We're really proud of our graduate community and how they're making their mark and finding solutions to global challenges. These interviews showcase how our alumni are making positive changes in their businesses, communities and careers. In this first series, we're focusing on the environment. What our alumni are doing in this space goes hand in hand with what the university is doing to ensure an environmentally sustainable future, including making the bold commitment to being climate positive by 2030. By empowering our community and coming together, we know we can make a huge difference. In this episode, my colleague John Worsey speaks to Gemma Lacey about her work as the Director of Sustainability and Communications at Southern Co-op. It can be tough for businesses to be sustainable, whilst remaining commercially successful and appealing to consumers. But Gemma's work starts with local communities and fosters a holistic approach to tackling climate change, showing it's possible to have the best of both worlds. It's important also as a business that we are a local and regional business, but we really feel it is important that we also play our part at that local level. From working in the body shop to managing communications for retail across an entire region, let's hear how Gemma's journey led her to advocate for sustainability at the heart of business. This is Making Waves. Um, Gemma, you graduated about 22 years ago, back in 1996. What are you doing with your life today? So I'm uh, enjoying living back by the sea in West Sussex uh, with my partner. Um, I spent a number of years in London uh, and returned uh, about seven, eight years ago now to sort of live back by the coast. Uh, my current role is Director of Sustainability and Communications at Southern Co-op. Um, I'm a member of the executive leadership team there and I lead our sustainability, community, communications and marketing functions. That's fantastic. So that's a huge job by the sound of things. Quite a broad remit, I can imagine. In, in, a, in, a, in a nutshell, um, how would you explain what that, what that role is all about? What are you trying to affect there uh, at the Southern Co-op? So I guess um, the marketing and communications elements of my roles are a little bit more straightforward um, and people will be more familiar with uh, the active sorts of activities that, that those functions would be involved in. Yes. I guess from a sustainability perspective, um, it's, it's really all about ensuring that our business acts responsibly in yeah. all that we do and that we have a positive impact on our communities, the environment, um, as well as the local and regional economy as well. Could you give us a flavour of the sort of um, the sort of aspects of the business then that you would consider in relation to uh, how it fulfils its responsibilities sustainably? So we take our lead very much from our purpose as a, as a cooperative organisation. Um, that purpose is all about working together with others to benefit our communities. So much of my work will revolve around um, that community response. So how we are working uh, in partnership with others to support our local communities across the areas that yeah. we trade in. 
Um, and from an environmental perspective, that's more about um, how we are responsible and sustainable uh, as a business and how yeah. we consider things like our carbon footprint, uh, the environmental impacts that we might have, including issues like uh, waste packaging, yep. um, but also considering in other parts of our estate, uh, our impact um, and the opportunities, not just the impacts, but the opportunities with respect to the natural environment as well, uh, because we are a business with around 250 uh, food stores, uh, convenience food stores, but also an end-of-life services business as well. So mm. we have funeral homes, uh, crematoria and natural burial ground um, as well. So quite a diverse business. So um, yeah, very interesting when it comes to thinking about the sustainability issues and opportunities um, across all of those different business areas. Is it fair to say that it's a role where you're constantly then looking to the future and looking at new and better and more innovative ways of, uh, of, of making more of an impact then in terms of sustainability? Because I know it's a, an area that's obviously always evolving. Very much. Um, I mean, I've been working in this this field for uh, the sustainability field for over 20 years now. Right. Um, and while some of the challenges are very much the same challenges that we had uh, back in those early days, um, it is it is evolving. And I suppose the thing that's the most pressing is probably probably the urgency with which we now have to really understand and address some of those um, sustainability challenges. Mm. Um, so I think it's important also as a business that we are a local and regional business, um, but we really feel it is important that we also play our part um, at that local level, but yeah. also contribute to tackling that global agenda as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, this this um, really resonates sitting here at the University of Portsmouth. Um, there's a lot of common ground there, I think, in the sense that... Uh, you know, as a university, we've uh, we've signed up to the uh, the Civic University pledge, so we we are very much putting uh, the well-being of the local community and the local economy and quality of life locally is one of our top uh, priorities. We're always looking at how we can uh, share knowledge and partner with local organisations to make things better. But equally, the environment and sustainability um, is a is a huge priority for the university from its research through to some really ambitious initiatives that we have. There's uh, a new project coming on stream called Revolution Plastics, which is uh, seeking to, among other things, turn uh, Portsmouth into uh, a showcase city for the rest of the world in terms of uh, a sustainable relationship with plastics, trying to develop new ways that we can reach uh, a real circular economy in terms of plastic use, so much more and much easier recycling, for example. Um, and there's a whole research theme, there's a wealth of research in, in the environment and sustainability here. So real common ground, and by the sound of things, um, you say you've been working in the field for 20 years, so pretty much um, since you found your feet as a graduate, then you've been um, kind of ploughing this furrow of, of sustainability. What is it that motivates you um, to work in that field, Gemma? Why does it really matter to you? Uh, I guess I've always had a passion um, and interest in our natural world, and that was very much uh, from childhood mm. uh, through to, I guess, my time of studying, um, yeah. and the reason why I, I picked to choose, why I chose to to study uh, the area of biology. Um, but I think increasingly, what motivates me now is just, um, I guess, given the scale and pace of 
change and the challenge that we now face uh, globally yeah. is um, just the need now more than ever to take to take action. Yes. Um, this next decade is going to be absolutely critical. Yeah. Uh, if we are to stay within uh, temperature limits to avoid dangerous climate change, uh, to address unprecedented declines in biodiversity and really look to rebuild uh, and strengthen and improve our community resilience. I think yeah. now particularly in, in the time that we're in at the moment. Um, so I think that imperative and just the size of the challenge uh, keeps me motivated because it's it's a job that never ends. Yes. Um, it's constantly evolving and, and, and changing. Um, and I think certainly from a, a, a business perspective, you know, we're continually looking at how we can go further um, and and more pertinent, I guess, is how we can go f- uh, further faster as well. Yes, yeah, absolutely. I'm curious to know, this is quite a big question, I guess, but um, you've talked about a whole load of challenges there that obviously by becoming a more sustainable business, the co-op can play a part in helping to address it, you know, as, as you say, is really as part of a global effort. If you were to pick maybe a, a few real tangible changes that you'd like to see in the world, what do you think your own um, efforts there at the co-op and those of your colleagues, what, what sort of outcomes would you like to see from the changes that you're making? So um, we've done quite a lot of thinking uh, as a cooperative um, and we've looked at the the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals and yeah. they've really helped to provide, I guess, a vision um for, for all of us to, to achieve, not our own business, um, uh, but others in society as well. Um, and I quite like the term that they are, in effect, the to-do list for the world. Yes. Um, so that call to action around ending poverty, protecting the planet and ensuring peace and prosperity for all. But I think there are some very specific areas within that where I feel that um, our business in particular uh, can can really play its part. Mm. So I think when it comes to, to wanting to make a difference, uh, that's where we've um, we've focused our efforts. Yeah. So the, the, the key ones within that would be around the creation of more sustainable communities. And, and I think that's through our, our programs and initiatives um, that we have and how we can really understand the issues and impacts at a local level. And I guess use our our funds, our resources, our talents as a business uh, to to really help um, working alongside others, really help resolve those issues um, and create more resilient and sustainable communities. Um, And, you know, we're seeing that particularly now, given the the current situation and climate, because that's that's more of an imperative and how we can use our business um, to really meet those local needs, particularly in a time of crisis. Yeah. Um, I think the other area is around climate change. So um, I think you mentioned sort of earlier some of the work that Portsmouth's been doing around plastics, and I think that was that's an issue that's reached a real tipping point. Yeah. Uh, and I think climate change, with the amount of tension that it's had uh, more recently, both in the media but also through things like the climate strikes, has started to raise this um, up people's agenda uh, and just certainly the impacts that we're starting to feel from our our climate changing. So I think that's another area as a business where we really want to scale up 
uh, our activities and our response um, and to deliver a really uh, clear and long-term climate action plan for, for our business. Yeah, and it's a complex thing to get right, isn't it? Because I understand that obviously... I think there's a there's there's a fairly broadly held view now of plastic is bad, but actually it's not quite as simple as as that, is it? Because if you're looking at packaging and materials, a lot of the time there's a real balance between overall the, uh, if for example, the emissions generated by different materials versus plastics. In some respects, um, the major problem with it is how long it takes to degrade, uh, yeah. more so than perhaps its impact in terms of production compared to other other materials is that um do you find that a sort of quite a tangled knot to unweave when you're considering which direction to take the southern co-op in absolutely um i mean it, it's while some things on the surface seem very straightforward um you have to kind of look at things holistically and consider not just um not just the environmental impacts but the social or the ethical or the people impacts um as a result of your decision and you're trying to constantly balance those alongside um obviously the need to um sustain your business from a financial and commercial perspective um so i think there's a real need to 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 take a step back um and have that holistic view when making decisions within the business but also um really ensuring that there aren't any unintended consequences as a result of those decisions yeah absolutely I'm curious to just um, take a step back to something that you mentioned earlier on. You, you uh, made reference to the UN Sustainable Development Goals. And um, I believe you're also, as, in addition to your role um, uh, at the Southern Co-op there as Director of Sustainability and Communications, you're, you're also an ambassador uh, for the Meaningful Business 100. Um, could you tell us a little bit about uh, about what that is and how that relates to the UN Sustainable Development Goals? Sure. Um I mean, basically, the Meaningful Business 100 network is, um, I guess, all about reaching out to to that business network and using um, the skills, the ideas, the inspiration um, amongst the, the sort of leaders across our businesses or the business community, um, the sort of more entrepreneurial spirits within that, yeah. um, to really come together and share ideas um, and kind of views about how we can tackle some of these these um, these really huge challenges yes. that we're all facing into and how we can learn from the experiences of each other um, to, to find our way through this very complex web of web of issues yeah um, I believe that so the, again yes yeah, sorry. sorry no no go on <laughs> so I guess really it's um, you know the network um, is evolving all the time um, but really sharing um, those sort of ideas and views of, of what businesses are doing in this area um, to just talk about the issues in more detail uh, and share some insight into that. And they're just sort of starting to bring people together in all sorts of different forums, whether that's uh, videos or particular events. Um, they're running a series of webinars at the moment, um, which um, are focused around the, the COVID-19 um, crisis just again around how the convening I guess businesses to consider how best we might respond to some of these challenges yes yeah yeah which is a an, another 
massive uh, issue on the world's plate uh, at the same time as we have to deal with the climate crisis. It's it's quite a lot to get your head around, isn't it? I understand with me, uh, Meaningful Business 100, the, an aspect of that is, is also about celebrating uh, the differences that people are making as well as sharing ideas and um, and opportunities, that it's, it's partly about celebrating leaders around the world who are really making a social impact and, and um, working towards achieving the UN Sustainable Development Goals. Are there um, people who, uh, business leaders who you particularly feel are sort of standout examples uh, that the world should be looking to right now? Gosh, that's a big question. (laughs) I think lots, there's some fantastic, um, I guess, business leaders, but also businesses that are doing some amazing things. And I think not just in the, um, the large business space, um, so I think, you know, you'd quite naturally point to some of the organisations like uh, Unilever, yeah. um, obviously under new leadership now, but they've really kind of trailblazed um, an approach to sustainable living and really looking at how they can, um, yeah, I guess, use their brands um, to really drive change change in those mm. areas. Um, I think we... I come across businesses at a more local level, so just some of the partners um, that we work with um, all the time. So I'm constantly inspired by our network of local suppliers. Um, so they are, you know, often very small startup organisations um, trying to make a difference yes. um, and bring new products to market and clearly do that in a way that provides um I guess employment for local people, um, yes. support for the local community, and um, yeah, contributes vitally to to our local economies. And I think, particularly with some of the global challenges that we're facing, into how we foster and nurture that local supply and local food network um, is really critical. So I think that inspiration comes from from all sorts of levels, um, and. Yeah, so I think I'm I'm kind of inspired by a whole range of, of different players. Yeah, that's great to hear. That's great to hear. I, I think often you know it's it's easy to conceive of a, a you know a giant like Unilever obviously have the money to make big changes uh, when they need to, um, but often I think a, a smaller business can be a little bit more nimble, a bit more agile in terms of changing things up. But um, yeah. yeah, no no doubt it's not easy to do to to kind of pivot. Uh, your business and often cost is definitely a factor in terms of making things uh, more sustainable although I'm sure that will change the more it becomes embedded the more it becomes the norm which it feels like at the moment Uh, as you've said there's a tipping point and I think there's been a tipping point in terms of the culture more broadly and people's understanding of of the importance of sustainability so so it's really exciting to see where this goes next Um, you talked about being inspired by what those businesses are doing. If someone's hearing this and is inspired by the sort of things that you're talking about, um, is there a way that people can get involved maybe in any of those um, community initiatives that the Southern Co-op uh, run? So um, from our perspective, we've recently uh, connected up with a platform called Neighbourly. Uh-huh. Um, so they are a fantastic organisation and really focused on hyper-local um, community support. Um, so that's a great platform for people to check out um, because I think it provides uh, charities and community groups uh, access to support. 
um, whether that's from businesses or individuals. Um, plus, it's a great way for individuals that are looking to get involved at a local level with particularly community activity and thinking about what they might have to offer, whether that's um, uh, financial support, funding or uh, actually their time. Um, so it's a great brokering platform to, to, to make those connections between all those different parties. So that's probably one I would I would recommend through our own network and which we're using to uh, connect our local stores um, and funeral homes to to community groups. Excellent. And, pe- people uh, and can also find to that... promote what we're doing. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, that's okay. People can find that online. If, if they just Google Neighbourly, they'll uh, get to the Yes, platform. I think yeah. it's uh, neighbourly.com, I think. Fantastic. Don't quote me on that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, do you work with any other Portsmouth alumni or even current students in your in your current role? So um, we've done some work as a business uh, with the business school at, at Portsmouth. Yeah. So um, we've got involved with a few uh, responsible business events in the past uh, yeah. with both the business school, but also uh, business in the community who were also part of that, that broader network, mm-hmm. um, which is a, a business led charity working with around um, 700 businesses across the UK. So yeah. we ran an event. I think we've run a couple of events um, there. We've also been involved with the business school consultancy project. Uh, so we put in a project a little while ago, actually, to do with our uh, local suppliers. Yeah. Um, and the the business students group, business student group that we were allocated as part of that worked with us uh, to come up with some ideas, solutions, um, and pretty much a sort of feasibility study at that stage yes um which has really informed some of the work that we're now doing um and that was a great project to be involved with we had a fantastic group of students um supporting us with that um and that was just great fun to to be involved and also get some different perspectives on the things that we were doing as business yeah um and i have been involved with the business school again uh, giving a presentation i gave a presentation some while back to uh, a group of mba students so various different different connections um the other one which is probably um good to mention is also our relationship with express fm oh yes um who you, yes <laughs> they use uh, portsmouth facilities um, so we've had a long-standing uh, relationship with them and have supported um, them over a number of years uh, with funding. Um, and we now actually have um, a dedicated uh, show uh, with Miles, um, who basically we use it as a platform to promote some of the community partnerships um, and work that we're doing in, in the community areas um, in, in this region. Oh, there you go. So there's a hot tip for anyone uh, listening to this that uh, is local to Portsmouth. You can tune into Express FM, the local station, broadcasting live yeah. from the Portsmouth University campus and, uh, and find <laughs> out about all kinds of opportunities to engage with Southern Co-op. Oh, that's fantastic that, that you're involved in so many different ways. Um, if you don't mind, Gemma, I'd quite like to sort of turn the clock back since we're on the, the subject of the University of Portsmouth now. Thinking back to your own days um, in the mid-90s um, at Portsmouth, how did your time here sort of sow the seeds for the career that you've had and for what you're doing today? Uh, I guess, I mean, I, I suppose it's the the area um, of focus 
so my degree was in um, biology. I had a special uh, focus on marine biology in my final year. Yeah. And I think that really sort of stemmed um, my kind of passion for the natural world. Yeah. Um, so things like environmental issues, protection of our uh, natural resources were all common themes throughout that degree. So I guess that's something that that's kind of sustained me over time. Um, and I guess helped me to become the, I guess, the passionate advocate that I still am for sustainability uh, issues 20 years on. Um, so I think it was, it was the content of the course, really, that um, I absolutely loved, thoroughly enjoyed it, but also had the privilege of meeting um, and making some fantastic friendships, mm. um, but also some fantastic lecturers. Um, who really were an inspiration at the time. And um, I think what was always such a pleasure was just to hear their, you know, to for them to share their skills, their expertise, their experience and their learnings um, yeah. about their different kind of subject areas. Um, and it's, yeah, that was just a, a real sort of indulgence and joy to kind of just learn yes. um, and be exposed to so many different sort of views and perspectives Um and to help build that understanding of some of some of these issues in more detail. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's a terrific place. Obviously, you mentioned that, that you specialised in marine biology towards the end of the degree. It's obviously, you know, being uh, the UK's only island city and the Solent being quite an interesting uh, environment in itself. It's a great place uh, for people who are interested, in, particularly in the marine side. But um, do you recall what the factors were that led you to choose uh, Portsmouth over the other universities you had the option to go to at the time? Um, I mean, I'd say that the um, the location was a personal choice, so yeah. it suited me um, at, at that point in time um, to be reasonably reasonably close to home for personal reasons. Sure. Um, but I've always loved the city. I love being by the the sea. I've, I've pretty much most of my life lived by the sea, apart from a spell in London. Mm. Um, so I think that's a huge attraction to it. But also, I think it just it had everything I needed. The course was um, a very rich, diverse course that kind of met everything that I was looking for from it. Um, and, you know, the facilities, um, everything that you had access to it and, and being just sort of so central in the city um, was a key part of it as well. Although I do remember my trips out to um, the island for yeah. where the marine lab was <laughs> very <yeah>. fondly. <laughs> Yeah, when you think when you think back to your time at Portsmouth, whether it's academic or, or otherwise, what sort of things do you think of? What do your memories look like of uh, of Portsmouth, the the, the place and uh, the university? Um, I I remember. I mean, a lot of it is the 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 outside element to it. So I think there was a lot of classroom learning, but we did some fantastic um, trips as well. Yes. Uh, during our time, and um, I have some very. Uh, cold memories of uh, taking mud samples in uh, Langston Harbour, which was yeah. part of my dissertation. So, <laughs> uh, with my uh, supervisor of the time, um, and just sort of narrowly avoiding getting stuck in the mud um, <laughs> when the tide was coming in. So, um, lots of lots of fun, um, and I think it was a great place to be, um, not just from a learning perspective, but also socially as well. So, uh, many. Uh, Fond memories of the student union, shall we say? <laughs> yes, I'm sure. Yeah, I think getting stuck in the mud at Langston Harbour is uh, is kind of a rite of passage for people following those uh, those courses. In, 
it's, it's definitely definitely still you know still a very practical place to come and study as you say I think I mm. think that's a real hallmark of Portsmouth as a university yeah. is that the, the classroom side of things is very much balanced with applied getting out there in the world which which I think is why um you know is one of the reasons why uh as you've outlined that there are all kinds of very practical ways that not just students but but organizations as well can get involved with Portsmouth because we like uh we like to do things you know the researchers like to get out there and make change happen you know the revolution plastics initiative as I've mentioned and, and as you've mentioned then obviously the opportunities the business school creates uh with the business consultancy project for, for teams of students to get together and actually work with real businesses on real challenges it's a real uh, important part of uh, of what we try and do here Apart from the ways that you've um, you've already covered, obviously quite recently you've engaged with the university in uh, quite a few different ways, quite a lot. Have you had um, contact with the University of Portsmouth through your career or has it really been more about a renewed connection since you've uh, come back in this direction to the Southern Co-op? I have to say it's probably more as a, a renewed connection um, since since I've been back um, with Southern Corp and yeah. I suppose back in Portsmouth. Yes. Um, so I think the proximity has helped to 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 sort of um, foster that relationship, particularly with the business school, as I mentioned before, because there's a clear connect there. Yeah. Um, I mean, I do feel actually having had a look at just um, some of the research areas that you've mentioned. There's a huge amount of um, research going on in the sustainability field so there certainly feels like there's definitely more opportunities um, to make connections connections there as well yeah I've no um, doubt I've no doubt people here would be very receptive to to hearing from you um, so it's, that's great to hear that you feel like there's a synergy and and that uh, there may be some things that you could explore in terms of partnership and collaboration and I think the reality is the scale of the scale of the agenda that we are looking at. Um, you know, these these aren't things that can be dealt with in isolation. No. Um, so those partnerships and that those collaborations and cooperative ways of working are absolutely kind of paramount. Yeah. Um, so I think, um, yeah, lo- lots of things to consider. Yes. And I think before um, the Southern Co-op, you were you were part of another cooperative business, weren't you? you were, I know you've been at John Lewis. You were head of corporate social responsibility at John Lewis. Um, for for people who uh, might be thinking that they want to sort of follow this, a similar path to you and, and really make a difference in that field, social responsibility, corporate social responsibility, the environment, sustainability through business. I wonder if you could just kind of briefly talk us through your timeline of, of what your careers look like and how you've how you've kind of ploughed your own furrow since you graduated from Portsmouth back in the nineties. Sure. Um, I mean, I suppose I left I left university with um, I guess a strong desire to want to keep working in the environmental field. Yeah. Um, initially, uh, the direction I wanted to take was one around conservation. Um, but almost um, fell into the world of business in some ways. Um, so I'd worked previously um, for the body shop in, in their shop in Chichester, oh, yeah. um, sort of throughout my student career. <laughs> um, I really loved what they were doing as a business, and, and that was 
at the absolute height of their campaigning. Mm. Um, so they were out there talking about rainforests and against animal testing and human rights campaigns. Um, so it was a very exciting business to be a part of, um, just in the, in the, from a frontline perspective. So I had a real sort of attraction, I suppose, to values-based businesses. Yeah. Um, and was very fortunate that a sort of speculative letter landed in the right place at the right time. Um, and I had the opportunity to go and work for their campaigns team uh, for a few months and then uh, progress from there to to move into what was then called their ethical audit team, uh-huh. uh, which is pretty much an early day sort of sustainability team. So um, I guess I never had sort of very uh, clearly defined plans at that stage of where I wanted my career to go. It's very much um, evolved over time. Yeah. Um, and opportunities have sort of arisen and doors have opened uh, as I've progressed through that career. Um, and it's taken me in sort of all sorts of directions. But yeah. um, I suppose cemented the fact that this is a field that I've wanted to, to, to work in. Um so I think, you know, that persistence, I suppose, of showing an interest, finding out things, approaching people, um, using networks helps to kind of just get you in front of and, well, helps you to be open to those opportunities. Yes. Um, and then it's a kind of choice whether you choose to take them at that point. So I spent very happy two years um, at Body Shop and then things, um, an opportunity came up to uh, work in partnership with KPMG, interestingly. Oh, yeah. So, very different organization. Yeah. Um, so, KPMG had a, um, an, a small environmental team, but they were looking to expand that to cover broader sustainability issues and to start to really develop a consultancy um, arm to, to their business, which would uh, help and support businesses looking to, to, to tackle and manage uh, sustainability risks and opportunities. Yeah. Um, so it came as a part of they'd understood what Body Shop were doing. Body Shop were very much trailblazing uh, the sustainability agenda at that time. Um, so they were interested in um, a number of the team coming over to work for them uh, and helping them to build that unit um, whilst maintaining Body Shop as a client. Um, so I was fortunate to have the opportunity uh, to go as part of that team, um, but a very, very different environment yes I bet um, yeah but a fa- <laughs> so from a very dynamic creative organization to one which was you know clearly much more structured um so and much more process driven but I I learned a huge amount and mm. had the benefit through KPMG to work not just with the body shop still uh but a whole range of different businesses across um number of different sectors from financial to oil and gas uh to retail uh, so that really was a, a, a fantastic opportunity. Yeah, and it, it sounds like, I don't know if you'd agree with this, but it sounds like there's a, a lesson people can take from this is uh, something around knowing what your values are and um, looking at how you can follow those values into the right career. Um, Definitely. Because obviously that that's what connected you to your degree, it connected you into the body shop, um, and from there, as you say, being part of such a, mm-hmm. a trailblazing organisation, it, it's just been, it sounds as if you've, you've essentially been, I'm sure it's not been quite as easy as I'm making it sound, but you've been, <laughs> you've been, you've, you've been pushing it at, at, at all the open doors that, that, well, not the open doors, but you've been pushing open the doors <laughs> that, that you come mm-hmm. across to follow those values 
through and actually sort of, in a way, I'm going to break this uh, this metaphor now, but but sort of, uh, <laughs> you've, you've not so much been following your, your values, but you, you've then gradually over time moved to a point where you're, you're actually leading um, through those values, which is which is terrific. And I think for someone who's starting out in their career or thinking about a change, um, you can take quite a lot of heart from that as mm-hmm. a way of defining how your uh, professional life can actually be really meaningful, um, which it certainly, certainly sounds to me like your, uh, your professional life is very meaningful. And, um, mm-hmm. Hopefully you agree. <laughs> and I think it's, it is. It's what makes you what what makes you tick, uh, what you care about, what you're passionate about. And I think if you stay true to those and follow those passions, then um, there's absolutely no reason why you can't, um, you know, both live your life uh, to fulfil those kind of passions, but just also um, find a role, um, whatever that may be, in whatever type of organisation uh, that really enables you to, to, to kind of live and breathe that. Absolutely. Well, I think that's a lovely uh, note on which to end. Gemma, thanks so much for your time. Thank you. That was Gemma Lacey, placing her love of the environment at the heart of her career. Gemma's focus on sustainable communities is a great way to think about tackling climate change on the ground and encourages all of us to recognise our role in making our planet safe. Thanks for listening to this episode of Making Waves. You can find more inspiring interviews with University of Portsmouth alumni by subscribing to this series on your podcast app. And if you'd like to get involved and make some waves of your own, let us know by emailing alumni at port.ac.uk or click on alumni from the Portsmouth homepage.